0: Sound Opinions is supported by Goose Island, pairing beer and music since 1988. Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago, Illinois. Listen critically, enjoy responsibly.
1: I've noticed a number of peculiar incidents among the members of the student body, all having to do with rock and roll music. Uh, well, I'm bam Benjamin!
0: Now, if you don't think this
2: song is the greatest song ever, I will fight you. The best of list is the high point of a critics' year, so we like to get a jump on it early. I'm Greg Codd of the Chicago Tribune. And I'm Jim DeRogatis from WBEZ and Columbia College. Greg and
3: I will name our favorite albums of the year so far. And we'll review the number one album in the country from R&B singer Jill Scott. That's coming up on Sound Opinions. From WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX, you're listening to Sound Opinions. And time now for the best albums of 2011 so far. Those other favorite sons of New Jersey, the Feelys, with a song called When You Know from their new album, Here Before. Greg, an album that is on both of our top five lists at the mid year point in 2011, an album we
2: never thought we'd see. There's no way I thought we'd see another Feelys album ever again, Jim. So it is one of the gifts of 2011 so far, one of the gifts we can both agree on. We uh, have two favorite shows of the year. Our most favorite show comes at the very end when we run down our favorite albums of the year. Our second favorite show occurs at the mid-year point right about now where we run down our favorite albums of the year so far. And that Feelys album made bo- both of our lists. Absolutely.
3: As always, Greg, we choose these lists by the stuff that that we are most excited about to keep listening to. Sometimes months after these records came out, this is what we listen to for love and pleasure and not obligation. We're going to give our top fives. We withhold the right to say that maybe there'll be ten more records that'll be better than all of these by the end of the year. But this is the mid-year
2: top. Why don't you go first? Well, thank you, Jim. I will be glad to go first. I'm uh, really excited to talk about this record. We didn't get a chance to talk about it on the show but it's a record that I know you have listened to as well. I know we were both enjoying this record on a road trip that we took a few months ago. That's right. It is from the British singer-songwriter-guitarist Anna Calvi. She uh, made a bit of a name for herself in 2010 by recording a single called Jezebel. It was a song associated with the French torch singer Edith Piaf and led to an album deal. She recorded the album in France with a producer named Rob Ellis. Some of you may remember that name for its association with P. J. Harvey, the early part of her career. And there are some parallels between the way Calvi approaches her music and the way the young P. J. Harvey did. You're going to notice some references to flamenco, some deep dark blues, some David Lynchian twisted soundtrack music, some cabaret. It's all mixed together by Anna Calvi with this powerful voice terrific guitar player and a stunning debut album. Self-titled from Anna Kalby, British singer-songwriter. Let's play a track from it. It's called Desire on Sound Opinions.
1: I want to go to the sun Hold my life like I've never done But it's just the devil in me The devil that's calling us I come undone The sky is getting dark at night
2: was Desire by Anna Calvi, one of my favorite records of 2011 so far. We're counting down to our favorite record of the year so far. Jim, what do you want to start with? Greg, I'm going to start
3: with the unlikely collaboration between Danger Mouse, DJ Brian Burton, one of the most inventive and versatile musicians, producers on the music scene today, and the Italian composer Daniel Lupi, and it's called Rome. What is this record? It is the soundtrack to a fictional spaghetti western of the sort that Sergio Leone made in the 60s and 70s, powered by that incredible music from the great Ennio Morricone. It seems that Burton, who is best known for his work with Norris Barkley, Beck, Gorillas, The Grey Album, he did that Sparkle Horse uh, collaboration, Dark Knight of the Soul with David Lynch, He loves Spaghetti Westerns, and he loves Morricone's music. He does this upright. He goes over to Rome. He records in a recording studio in a former church in Rome. He hires many of the now 75-year-old musicians who worked with Ennio Morricone on those soundtracks, and he records this music with some incredible guest vocalists. Jack White comes in, Nora Jones. She's amazing. I never thought I would say that. Everybody really gets it right with just enough of a modern, air, Portishead kind of electronic trip house ambient vibe going on to know that this is a new take on a great classic sound. I love this record, beginning, middle, and end. Granted, part of it might be my Italian heritage. It speaks to me. I want to make pasta and play this record 24-7. Here is one of the Jack White songs. It's called Two Against One from the Rome album by Danger Mouse and Daniel Lupi on Sound Opinions.
1: Make no mistake, I don't do anything for free. I keep my enemies closer than my mirror ever gets to me. And if you think that there is shelter in this attitude... Where do you...
3: That was Two Against One by
2: Danger Mouse and Daniel Loopy from the incredible Rome album. Greg, what do you have next? Jim, I love that choice. That record would have been in my top ten as well. Next for me, Jim, is a band whose name I sort of have to dance around. It is not prime for family audiences, let's put it that way. Can't say it on the radio. I'm going to call it the F word up. If you Google search uh, Damien Abraham or Pink Eyes, you'll get there soon enough and you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's a Toronto sextet. They've been around for about a decade, incredibly prolific. More than 50 singles, EPs, albums, mixtapes in the last 10 years, culminating with this album, I think one of the best albums of the year. David Comes to Life, a four-part, 18-song, 78-minute rock opera. They are unabashed saying, yes, it's a rock opera, it's really long, it's really complicated, here it is, take it for what it's worth, transcending their hardcore roots, to, to say the least. What I love about this record, well, multiple things. I mean, the ambition alone, you have to reward them something for that. This five-character narrative basically talking about a factory worker who falls in love the, the love of his life dies violently he struggles to unravel why and then at the end is redeemed but even if you don't understand a word of it can't follow the byzantine plot lines of it just revel in the sound of this record three guitarists in the band layering their guitars to create this orchestral type effect sometimes playing three melodies at once it is just a torrent of ...of guitar-based rock and roll. If you love guitars, you're going to love this record. It comes at you in waves and never lets up. Let's play a track from it. It's called Ship of Fools from the new The F Word Up record. David Comes to Life on Sound Opinions.
3: That is one of Greg Cott's choices for the best album of the year so far. Midway through Ship of Fools from the F Word Up. The new album is called David Comes to Life. Greg, I will say this is the best punk record, most ambitious of its kind since Zen Arcade by Yusker yeah, Du. Maybe ever made. <laughs> An amazing, amazing record. I've got another amazing record for you The King is Dead by The Decemberists, This is studio album number six. We've talked about this band a lot on Sound Opinions. They've been guests on the show. They get better and better, equally ambitious in a different way. They've been doing these sprawling concept albums, ever more complicated orchestral rock suites populating them. This is the album where they decided to pare back. A lot of people have joked, and it's true, that's why it's funny, that this is the best R.E.M. album since, <laughs> since like, Reckoning, you know? There is a lot of that wonderful, chiming folk rock, British Isles folk as filtered through the birds and brought into a new century going on here. Also, it just has to be said, Colin Malloy is one of the great songwriters working in rock and roll today. He's witty, he's literate, he just skirts up to the line of pretension. All those big words and heavy concepts and complicated stories, but man, you can sing along and you want to sing along and you want to dance. Down by the Water is the song I'm going to play from the new Decembrist album The King is Dead on Sound Opinions.
2: That's down by the water from the December's on Sound Opinions. The new album is The King Is Dead, one of Jim DeWitt top five of the year so far. Jim and I also want to hear what's topping your list at this midway point, so be sure to give us a call at 888 859 1800. We're going to continue our countdown after a quick break on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. And later on, we review a possible contender for the next round of lists, the latest by Jill Scott.
3: Welcome back to Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX I'm Jim DeRogatis, my partner is Greg Cott, and that is a band called The Smith Westerns from Chicago Greg and I both like them second album is called Diet Blonde a wonderful punky take on power pop, great midwestern over the top exuberance, good stuff, Greg you are next up with one of your top five as we
2: count down to number one what do you got for us? I am, Jim. I like that word, exuberance. It really fits this next album for me. Raphael Sadiq with Stone Rollin'. You know, Sadiq's 45 years old. He's been around for a couple of three decades almost. First with Tony, 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 one of the great R&B groups out of California in the late 80s, early 90s. had a number of hits. Sadiq has gone on to produce a number of major artists over the last decade. He's also had his own solo records. I've respected them, but I love this one. And I think the key for me is the difference between what is retro and what is classic. And Mm -hmm. I think uh, Sadiq is working on the right side of that divide this time. Because it's a fine line. You can be like Lenny Kravitz, bad retro. Yeah. You can be like Sadiq, good classic. Could be plagiarism, you know? And and he's not doing that. He's bringing something really fresh to what he's doing here in terms of reinventing old-school soul, funk, and R&B, that uh, music that he grew up with. The key for me are some of the tracks where he sounds like if this were a David Bowie or a James Murphy LCD sound system record, people would not be surprised because he's given it a twist, a sort of a modern twist that will work at clubs, that will work uh, for in front of a rock audience. It's not just designed to appeal to somebody who grew up listening to 70s soul. One of the tracks I'm thinking of along those lines is Go to Hell. It's from the new Raphael Sadiq record, Stone Rolling on Sound Opinions.
1: Cause the devil knows me well See I'm trying to do my
2: The sadique with go to hell on sound opinions one of my top albums of the year so far stone rolling Jim what do you got next Greg I am going next to Reims France
3: for the first full album from a band formerly known as the Bewitched Hands on the Top of Our Heads now they've cut it down simply to Bewitched Hands the album's called Birds and Drums just came out in the states this year so I'm considering it eligible for 2011's best of what a wonderful band Think of the Arcade Fire, the new Pornographers, Broken Social Scene, those big groups with lots of sound, lots of instrumentation, multiple vocalists, a lot of hooks going on, and then add a serious undertone of psychedelia, vintage Pink Floyd kind of stuff, more modern Stereolab kind of uh, wordless chanted vocals, all of this with an irrepressible groove and these wonderful melodies, as I said. I love this band. I I know you like them a lot, too. We were Mm -hmm. doing a radio event in Wilmington, Delaware, with a room full of public radio music programmers. And uh, we were supposed to be giving our opinions on tracks that they had chosen. No one in the room had heard this band they started playing it you and i instantly knew who they were we were like yes and everybody in the room by the end was grooving along like that wonderful scene in high fidelity where (laughs) jack black says i'm gonna play you something and watch this and he plays the beta band everybody gets turned on Mm -hmm. beta little beta band in bewitched hands too again the album is called birds and drums the band is bewitched hands and this track is called so cool on sound opinions That is so cool by a band from france called bewitched hands the album's birds and drums
2: greg what do you got next jim we're in the home stretch our favorite albums of the year so far right oh wait a minute let me give you a drum roll Thanks. number
3: one for mr Cott.
2: thank you jim i gotta live up to the drum roll now but no problem here i love this record i have since i first heard it love it even more after seeing the singer merrill garbus live totally won me over with not only the Robustness of that voice, but the enthusiasm that she brings to it. I'm talking about the band called Tune Yards, new album called Who Kill, second album. Her 2009 debut, Bird Brains, was essentially recorded on a dictaphone, homemade record in every sense. Very small, quirky sounding record. This is also a quirky record, but it's big and in your face all the way. The central personality, Meryl Garbus, as I said, fantastic voice strums the ukulele no she thrashes the ukulele pounds on a drum layers and loops her voice into these elaborate loops on this record she also adds a bass player and a small horn section but really it's all about that voice and those songs and her performance the track i'm going to play is called business it's from the new tune yards album who kill on sound opinions
1: Get up, stand up, get up, stand up, get on it
3: That was the song Business by the band Toonyards from album number two, Who Kill? Greg Cott's album of the year so far, and Greg Toonyards taped a phenomenal session with us. We're going to have them in playing and uh, chatting with us in a couple of weeks on Sound Opinions. I love that record too. But my album of the year is one that first was introduced to this band in a small, stinky, (laughs) million-degree club in Austin, Texas in the midst of South by Southwest. I came back and raved about them on our SXSW wrap-up show. The band is called Les Butcherettes. Their second full album, but really the first under this incarnation, is out now on the label run by Omar Rodriguez-Lopez of Mars Volta and At the Drive-In fame. He played bass on the record, too, helped produce it. It's called Sin, 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 (laughs) and what an apt title that is. Le Butcherette's is really all about frontwoman Terry Genderbender a.k.a. Terry Suarez, who grew up in Mexico, Mexico City, and Guadalajara, is now based in Los Angeles. She's angry about a lot of things, Greg. (laughs) She is angry about U.S.-Mexico relations. She is angry about the relations between men and women. And I think she's just angry like you were today because she woke up on the wrong side of the bed. (laughs) All of this anger comes out in a wonderful brand of ferocious, But very tuneful punk rock. I would like you to think for a moment what would happen if Black Flag played Blondie songs or Mm. vice versa. Wow. Because there's a bit of that 70s new wave melodic edge, but there is that 80s hardcore fury. And as I said, she is a very smart and politically astute woman, whether she's singing about the war on drugs and what that does to Mexico's economy or whether she's singing about male-female relations. She is so good, Greg, as a lyricist. She is able to name drop Henry Miller, J.D. Salinger, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and Gottfried Wilhelm Leibniz. You know who that is? (laughs) Obscure German philosopher. I had to look it up. And it's all catchy and it all makes sense. And you don't say, what a pretentious person. You just say, more, more, more. This is a song called New York by Les Butcheretz from Sin 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 on Sound Opinions. That was Les Butcherettes from the album Sin, 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 my album of the year so far. The song was New York. To see our mid-year picks again, go to soundopinions.org. You can also listen to archived shows and see what topped our list in years past. Up next, Greg and I will review the chart-topping new release by R&B singer Jill Scott. And I'll add a song to the Desert Island Jukebox. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX.
4: I am not a fat ass. I am active brain and lip smacking, peach deep, sometimes too aggressive in its honesty and heart sweet that loves wholly and completely whom it may choose, whomever it may choose.
2: Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Jim Dirigatis, and you're listening to a new track from Jill Scott called Will Manifesto from her latest album the light of the sun fourth studio album from this fine philadelphia singer she actually started her career in the late 90s reading her poetry at clubs in philly where she was heard by amir questlove thompson the mayor of the philadelphia scene as far as i'm concerned or at least the music scene he recruited her to come into the studio with his band the roots they started recording some of her songs erica badu had hit with one of scott's songs Soon after, Scott was recording her own studio records to much acclaim over the last decade. She's been away for a while, though. Her last record came out in 2007. Then she took a bit of a break. She had a lot going on in her life uh, during that time. Went through a divorce with both her husband and her record company. Gave birth to a child. Broke up with the father of that child. All of that, a subtext for The Light of the Sun. We're going to review the record in a second, but let's play a track from it first. It's called All Cried Out, Redux, and you're going to hear a familiar voice on this record. I welcome return for Doug E. Fresh, the human beatbox, uh, on this particular track with Jill Scott on Sound Opinions.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Doug E. Fresh, and I'm with my girl Jill Scott, and we're about to take it from the bottom to the top. i All right. <laughs>
4: Never wanted to see things my way. Tell me why were you such a fool? Oh, always thought the grass was greener on the other side. Never miss your water till you well run dry. Sad and so confused Cause I'm all cried out Oh yeah, yeah Uh, Over you You. Mm -hmm. Over you Mm -hmm. Over you Mm -hmm. Over Over you For you, no baby, it's all over. I'm moving on now. I'm taking over. No more tears for you, no more baby. Cause I'm not a lady. You made that perfectly clear to me, too.
3: That was all cried out. Redux by Jill Scott from her new album, album number four, The Light of the Sun. Featuring the incredible human beatboxing of Doug E. Fresh, Greg, I happen to know that at parties late at night when it's really (laughs) going, you will human beatbox, and that's always something to hear. (laughs) All right, I adore Jill Scott. It is impossible not to. Soulful, radiant, there is no way you cannot cheer this woman on. She's been through hard times, as you said. The end of two significant romantic relationships, the birth of a child and splitting up with her record company. But also, she went Hollywood, appearing in two Tyler Perry movies, Why Did I Get Married? and that HBO series, The Number One Ladies Detective Agency. I hate to see really talented, inventive, creative, and socially conscious rappers and R&B performers get seduced by... Becoming mediocre actors. I don't know what it is. Hello? (laughs) Common? Are you listening? Jill Scott has had a lot of distractions, and now she's back. I want her to be Jill Scott. I never expect an artist to repeat him or herself what they've done in the past, but wow, there is a level of self-pity on this record. Not saying she doesn't deserve it, but it's almost like an emo record, Woe Is Me, a lot of the time. Although her delivery remains very sunny and optimistic and upbeat. So there's a weird disjunction there. I'm not used to her feeling... Sorry for herself. I'm not used to her not singing. She came... From the cafe poetry scene. And we have always gotten some poetry on Jill Scott's records. But here, she's talking more in a sing song, ruminative fashion, not saying very much with the lyrics, and she's not giving us that voice either the sensual crooning or the real soulful belting out that she can do. Musically, it's a disappointment. Lyrically, it's a disappointment. There are a couple of horrible failed experiments. And I don't even like the Dougie Fresh track. I adored this record. I've adored this artist in the past. other three albums. I wanted very much to like this one. I've got to
2: say, though, it is a trash it on the buy it, burn it, trash it scale. Jim, 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 you are just killing me here. What, what are you talking about? This is a great record. You're not giving her credit for, for growing at all. She's not going to be the same artist she was four or five years ago that you loved back then. She's going to change. She's gone through some massive life changes here. I think this record is remarkably Resilient compared to the way you 're portraying it she's gone through some really tough breakups, and yet she's approaching and as you said there's an optimism that still peeks through her voice, despite all these dark clouds that are going around here that to me redeems the record on on that emotional level musically she's taken a lot of chances she she recorded this record essentially live and it sounds terrific to me it sounds loose spontaneous it sounds like you are there in the room with her you can hear the little asides that she's making to the musicians to herself i love the little digressions where she does go into some little monologue but it's funny some of it some of that stuff is funny some of it's poignant the hooks are there on, in those early tracks where she collaborates with artists like Dougie Fresh and Anthony Hamilton. Later on in the record, she goes into this, this more introspective mode. But at the same time, you know, some of the tracks are as little as two minutes long. It's not like she's overstaying her welcome. I think this is a really strong return for Jill Scott. And I'm not going to say return to form because, as you said, she's exploring some new ground here, and I'm with her. I'm I'm saying, like, you go, girl. You know, this is a great record for me. Buy it all the way, as far as I'm concerned, Jim. You can go without me, I'm sad to say.
4: I tell you, little buddy, this whole island is
1: bewitched. Remember, we were shipwrecked
2: together. We're hopping on the official Sound Opinions plane to our very own Desert Island. At this very moment, Jim, you are packing the one record that you cannot live without for today. What's it going to be? I actually feel like I'm encroaching
3: on your turf because I am going to talk about the zombies. one Excellent. Of, one of Rock's greatest all-time keyboard-driven bands. I know you love to tinkle the ivories. <laughs> and we have not talked about the zombies, I don't think, except in passing on Sound Opinions. Why were the zombies on my mind? I will confess a guilty pleasure here Sunday nights on HBO, True Blood. I love it, okay? It's a bad show. (laughs) It is so campy. It is so vampy. It is so over the top. It's a lot of fun. Season opener last week was not very good. i got to say, I'll flip into TV critic mode for a minute. I was kind of disappointed. But at the end of the show, they almost redeemed themselves. They've had a lot of great music on the show, and they've gone out after great artists, getting them to do unlikely collaborations on familiar songs, new versions. They tapped Nico Case, the wonderful alt-country chanteuse, and Nick Cave a.k.a. the Prince of Darkness mm-hmm. from The Bad Seeds and Grinderman, to do a uh, duet, a kind of Nancy Sinatra, Lee Hazelwood, Jane Birkin, Serge Gainsbourg, Isabel Campbell, Mark Lanigan take <laughs> on the Zombies song. 1964 hit, She's Not There. And it's great. <laughs> Gotta love that, right? That's Nick at his nastiest and Nico at her most angelic. But, I'm sorry, no matter how good a cover is, you cannot top the Zombies 1964 original. Formed in 1961 in St. Albans by Rod Argent, who was a piano player rare rock band led by the keyboards and vocalist colin Blunstone, who had one of those much like art garfunkel just just like you cannot believe a man can sing with that lovely a voice they had a couple of hit singles early on and their first album was a compilation of those you know those songs tell her no was one of them she's not there was one of them they went on in 1968 to record what i think is one of the greatest psychedelic rock albums from a time that was lousy with them and i would put this up everybody's good it's the 13th floor elevators the pink floyd's first couple of records it was called odyssey and oracle one of the great concept psychedelic rock swirling orchestral albums of all time, one of the first great uses of Mellotron, and then the zombies disappear. They'd come to America. They'd played some TV shows. It just never took off in America the way that it did for other British invasion groups. What was special about the zombies in their heyday, whether you're talking about time of the season or she's not there, there's this beautiful, beautiful music with these chords and these wonderful harmony vocals that, that scream innocence right and yet there's a creepiness and it's kind of hard to say where it's coming in where is this dark sinister undertone coming in if you look at she's not there it is either a song about an imagined love interest or a love interest who turns out to be a a much fouler human being Mm. than the guy who fell in love originally thought no one told me about the way she lied no one told me about how many people cried. You know, like, why didn't you warn me before mm-hmm. I got in the in the middle of this? But then those choruses come in, and it's real sunny again. Let me tell you about the way she looked, the way she acted, and the color of her hair, you know? Uh, this guy can't decide whether he loves this person or hates her. And I think that's why it really fit True Blood, and that's really why it fit the merger of Nico Case and Nick Cave. Here is the Zombies original. Listen to the keyboards. Listen to the vocals. She's not there on Sound Opinions.
0: Well, no one told me about her, the way she lied Well, no one told me about her, how many people cried But it's too late to say you're sorry How would I know, why should I care Please don't bother trying to find her, she's not there She had the color of her hair. Her voice was soft and cool. Her eyes were clear and bright. But she's not there. Well, no one told me about her. What could I do? Well, no one told me about. Too late to say you're sorry. How would I know? Why should I care? Please don't bother trying to find her. She's not the
3: She's Not There by The Zombies, my Desert Island Jukebox pick for the week. The Sound Opinions Desert Island Jukebox is brought to you by Maker's Mark.
2: Maker's Mark, it is what it isn't. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Next week, Jim, we commemorate one of the record labels that defined the cutting edge in the 1980s, Wax Trax Records. Greg, as always, we have some thank yous to say on the way out. Sound Opinions
3: is produced by Robin Lynn and Jason Saldana with the assistance of Annie Minoff. Robin's album of the year so far is The Feelies. Jason's is Tune Yards, and Annie's is TV on the radio. Our intern is Kobe Ashpiss, whose album of the year so far is The Unknown Mortal Orchestra, self-titled. And our executive producer, our fearless leader, Tori Southside Malatia, he just can't get himself enough of that Lady Gaga.
2: Why try, drive you know was lonely on sound opinions, everyone's a critic. so now it's time to hear what you have to say.
4: New messages
2: Hey Greg and Jim, this is Bradley from Chapel
3: Hill, North Carolina. I heard your review of the new battles album, which um, I kind of have opposite opinions from what you suggested. I thought that the uh,
2: instrumentals were not half as good as the, the vocal tracks but i bought the album for one song and one song only and that's Ice Cream because when I hear that and the drums take the, the track over I feel like a, an F-16 taken off of an aircraft carrier it's just such a great, happy joyous and jubilant track it just makes my day so that song alone was worth the entire price of the album thanks like the
0: tight, 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 tight
4: Hi this is Jan calling from Eden to North Carolina. I just want to thank you for your last spot about the songwriters boy what great memories. I'm 59 now, and this was such an amazing time in life. You may not have known it at the time, but as you get older, you look back and you think back. This music completely explains or defines my heart and my soul, and I thank these writers from the bottom of my heart. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Thanks. Bye.
2: My name is Robert Rico, and I listen on WHYY in Philadelphia. I'm responding to the show featuring the music of Man and Wild. Once upon a time, before I reached full-fledged status as an alienated, disaffected youth-slash-young adult listening to then-contemporary rock, new wave, and punk in the late 70s, I was a quiet child in the 1960s, and my nights were spent clutching my Mickey Mouse radio by both ears, one for volume and one for tuning and listening to the popular hits of the mid-60s. In the dark of my little room on the second floor of our house, I tuned into the music full of life, light, joy, and color somewhere out there like a lighthouse. And that's what your recent show featuring the music of Man and Wild reminded me of. Thanks for a really interesting show on a week-in and week-out basis.
4: Miller-Beam. I'm from Evanston, Illinois. I just had to say, all the songs being played, today's wonderful songwriting duo bring back the sweetest memories of my childhood and early teen years. Um, I happen to be African American. I mentioned that because
1: I was shocked in a nice way when I realized that the Righteous Brothers were white. I saw them, I think, my sister was watching Dick Clark's American band fan and I said whoa (laughs) you asked what do these memories invoke from their music warm summer evenings, the radio with mom and dad playing it in the kitchen my mom cooking dinner my dad in the living room listening to baseball so I just wanted to say thank you for some of the richest sweetest memories of my childhood and early teen years